Welcome back to Talking Troy. I'm your host, Anthony Green, Deputy Sports Editor at Daily Trojan. I'm joined once again by Taylor Mills, Sports Editor. Taylor, how's it going? Taj Edi is no longer with us. That makes it sound like he has passed. However, he's not. It's the exact opposite. Um, he declared for the draft, so we wish him well. Um, you know, it's just a couple of days before we start recording this, so he's on my mind. <laughs> Yeah, Tajiri declared, yeah, I think about a couple of days ago. So shout out Tajiri. Wish him the best of luck. He only had a one year at SU, but he was very memorable. Obviously, the game winner and then his performances against Oregon, where he like, played like he was basically Kyrie Irving. Very memorable player. So we wish him well. Well, we'll have to talk about the usual things that are going on on campus. Football is starting back up, obviously, and then other sports updates that are uh, going on on campus. But first, we have to begin with. Spring practice starting up for football, obviously last season, uh, ended with no, well, they had a bowl game, they decided not to play, and then uh, the loss, so our last memory of football was a loss to Oregon, but now it's a new season, new expectations, and new things are going to be happening. Now, Taylor, you were at the spring practice last year, before everything got shut down. Do you want to talk about what happened there, just for a little bit? Yeah, so I'm going to paint the picture for our listeners. Um, I need you to imagine a little freshie, a little freshman, um, going to uh, the field on campus. It's right by Dudois or whatever. Um, and I'm there with a broken knee. So I'm in crutches, a full leg cast, on the sideline, um, watching our squad practice together for the first time. I think this was the first padded practice. Um, and this is right before we go online as a university. And, um, you know, I'm there with a bunch of other journalists from the Los Angeles Times, from, you know, the Pac-12. And uh, it's a pretty big deal. Um, spring practice is incredibly exciting because it's everyone's first chance to see next year's squad. Um, and you, it's really as like exciting as it is, it actually is pretty routine in the sense that they're just really running through drills. Um, I think they only scrimmaged maybe like six or seven plays and that's it. But it's a huge deal because like, like I said, um, you know, people want that first glimpse. They want to be start, you know, make these predictions. And uh, uh, I remember when it came time to, for interviews, actually Amon Ross St. Brown and um, Clay Helton and I believe um, Drake Jackson were the ones who were interviewed and they had a stand like six feet away from the little um, kind of kiosk thing that they put the players at. And uh, everyone was kind of like joking around, like thinking like, oh, this is so silly. Like they're just kind of doing it, you know, just to be cautious. And I remember Alan Ross and Brown actually like put his t-shirt over his nose, kind of playing. He's like, you don't know, you don't know. And then um, a week later, we're all in quarantine. And uh, a year later, we're in a pandemic. So um, it's kind of this, this like last glimpse of normalcy that I had before um, really the sports world kind of turned on its axis. Yeah, that's, that's funny you mentioned that because everyone back then was just like, like, thought it was silly. Like I remember the thing with Rudy Gobert in the NBA when he started touching everyone's mics and then two days later he tested positive or a day later. So just that memory of <laughs> spring ball is uh, is funny, but... Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. And now we're one year later and spring ball is back. Uh, obviously, last year's team didn't really have that type of preparation, which might have, you know, some some players have said that it and some coaches have said that it uh, impacted their play because uh, specifically Todd Orlando, which I think we'll get into. But uh, he had said that, yeah, he only had like two, three weeks 
to prepare and he couldn't really establish his his game plan or his his um his methods all that stuff in an, on a new team because instead they had to just prepare for a game so Taylor what do you think is going to be important in terms of the spring ball and how do you think that that that's going to going to impact the team going into the season obviously a full spring is huge but how do you think it'll impact them um i think this spring season is carrying a lot of weight um more so than last because of our incredible um new lineup of recruits that i still am just like floored at how we got um the cornerback coach dante williams was actually voted pac-12 top recruiter and um he was given the title of associate head coach um and you know um we have again like graham harrell todd orlando coming back um, but, you know, even with like this kind of same coaching staff that maybe, you know, USC fans don't want to see, um, this is an entirely new squad. Um, actually, I take that back, not entirely, but it is, has these incredibly exciting additions. Um, and I think it's important to, to reflect on the fact that the last time we saw the Trojans, it was an incredibly disappointing conclusion to the season. Um, and I think it was the right decision to forego the bowl game. It wasn't worth it. But um, we had potential. We had potential. Um, we, our like, offense averaged 416.7 total yards per, per game. Um, and we were 11th in the nation in passing. Um, and Keaton Slovis is back and uh, spring practice is like the first time that we are seeing him kind of actually be healthy for the first time, like going throughout an entire year. Um, and we're going to see how he's going to, um, I guess, interact with this receiving line. And then, again, another thing that we're going to have to look out for this spring season is if they're actually working on their rushing game um, or their running game, um, because we literally did not have that at all in 2020. And um, it was pretty embarrassing. And so it's like, you know, as as great as our passing game is, like you literally cannot function as an NCAA D1 team without any rushing whatsoever. And so I'm incredibly excited to see if they um, not only if they're like acknowledging that, uh, but if they're if they took the criticism to heart and they're actually going to fix it. Um, so I think that's kind of the key thing to look out for offensively. Um, defensively, we have a lot of returning uh, players, and I don't think that a lot is going to change on that front. Obviously, Todd Orlando actually surprised us all in 2020 with how well we performed. Um, and I think we had the third best defense in the Pac-12, uh, you know, with the likes of outside linebacker Drake Jackson, safety Isaiah Polamau, um, you know, cornerback Chris Steele. This is a veteran group um, that is going to be, uh, you know, matched with All-American um, additions to the team. So um, I'm pretty pumped to see what they could come up with um, and what uh, is going to be improved out of that squad. Yeah, you touched upon it all. I mean, there's huge storylines, huge implications. Because um, last season, we kind of got a glimpse of, I mean, they only feel like six games seven games i guess like literally nothing so we kind of got like a glimpse of what could possibly happen over a full season and in terms of the defense what i want to pay attention to because last season the defense was outstanding and they obviously lose some key players um talano ufanga elijah griffin key players but they also get some some important ones back and then in terms of the offensive game like the running game that was something well first of all I'm I'm a basketball guy I love basketball that's my life literally dedicated to it but you know I enjoy football and I'm not as into the football game as you know USC stands are but I still acknowledge it and last season when I was watching I was very confused with how there was no running game it was uh, disgusting to me because I, you know it would be like first down first and 10 
All right, let's throw a pass and get no yards. Another first and ten, let's throw a pass, get no yards. So, like you mentioned, the good thing, like what's gonna happen with the run game? Obviously, St- Stephen Carr and uh, Vi Malapai, and then obviously a, a recruit, a transfer actually from Texas, Keontae Ingram. So, that's a good, good trio. Um, the Trojans did lose a marquee step transferred to Nebraska. So, you know, maybe maybe it might be a little bit different in terms of the run game. But one thing to look out for, I'm definitely intrigued to see how Keaton Slovis plays because last season he had mentioned, uh, actually he mentioned a couple of weeks earlier that last season was the first time in his in his life where he hadn't been confident in his arm, he hadn't been confident in his skills. So hopefully now that he's healthy, he'll be able to have another amazing year because the year before that was obviously fantastic. So... We'll see what happens with that. And then another year in, you know, the air raid offense and then the Todd Orlando. I think that's the main story, really, in terms of Todd Orlando and if he can get this defense to play as consistent as they were last season. Because I saw a stat that they had more turnovers in six games. I think, like, two fewer in six games than they had in the whole season prior to that. So, so they had, like, 14 maybe in six games versus, like, 16 in, like, 14 games the season before. So if they, if they continue that up, that's going to be outstanding. But spring ball is exciting. It's fun. Very interesting for me because I usually don't really pay attention to spring ball, but now I kind of have to. <laughs> but, but we'll see what happens. Uh, anything else, Taylor, in terms of football? I'm really interested to see Kidon. Um he like he has been the Heisman watch list, watch guy for the past two years. And I think... If this season isn't his watershed moment, I don't know what is. And I think that also rings true for head coach Clay Helton. Um, if something if something magical doesn't come out of 2021 season, um, I think he's going to be out of a job. I think we're far past patience um, waiting for results. Yeah. He brought us – I remember, you know, David Ramirez, our – co-sports editor um last time um when we talked football on talking troy uh, he touched on the fact that like helton did his job in bringing stability to this program um you know in the late 2010s um however like moving forward he is obviously you know has been shortcoming in making it a championship program and i think that's ultimately what boosters and alumni and fans want um, so I'm really curious to see if anything is changing, um, and, and that really starts with spring. So, um, yeah, there's one, one game that we get to look forward to, um, and it's just really a scrimmage at the Coliseum next weekend. Um, that'll be exciting to see it all in action, all padded up. Um, but beyond that, yeah, spring ball, spring ball. Good point. Yeah, there's a Twitter account, one of my favorites, it's called Fire Clay Helton. <laughs> It's literally all it talks about. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Good point from David about the stability that that uh, Clay Elton brought. But now, I mean, you can only be stable for so long. You might as well try to get something out of it, a bowl win. They haven't really done anything since Sam Darnold left. So that was like four, four years ago, three years ago. So time is ticking. Um, but as always, it's not just about football. It's not just about basketball. We're going to move on to some updates from Speaking of Sports, some Huge games, actually, this weekend. Uh, Taylor, did you want to touch upon them? I do, I do, I do. Because as much as football is as part of a USC's identity, it's honestly, we're like, if you if you were to ask me, like, what type of, like, sport school are we? I would say we're a water polo sport um, school because that's what we are. Um, we're the best in the country. Um, number one, women's undefeated water polo faces number two, Stanford, in 
for the Mountain Pacific Federation title. Um, that's going to be a huge matchup, and I'm incredibly excited um, to hear what our beat writers will have about that coming out next week. Um, and then as far as golf, men's golf actually tied for 13th at the Goodwin shooting at Stanford, um, going 24 over as a team. Um, and then the ranked number seven women's golf team won their fourth tournament of the season at the Silverado sh um, Showdown. Senior Allison Corpus again is just dominating the game. She placed second with an impressive four under 68 on her last day of competition, which I think is one of her best rounds um, of her career as a Trojan. Um, as far as tennis goes, number 12 men's tennis will play number 29 Stanford tomorrow. Um, and women's tennis will actually play both Cal Berkeley and Stanford at home this weekend um so a lot of sports i guess the country club sports are just having their moment this weekend so yeah <laughs> yes country club sports indeed and the good point about a uh, water polo we technically are i mean you could consider usc a water polo school the best in the in the nation we actually will be having a digital managing editor the the water polo water polo queen lauren matisse joining us either next week or the week after to, to talk about water polo of course so look forward to having her and make sure to, to be here for that. But also for more updates, for more sports on campus, I'll start with the usual women's soccer. They did beat Washington uh, Washington and Washington State, and they play Cal and UCLA next week. So they're now 6-3-1. and one. And then uh, Beach Volleyball suffered their, their first loss of the season. They played uh, Florida State, number one ranked Florida State, and number three ranked LSU uh, last weekend. And they... Uh, they split, so they were. Or excuse me, they won the first one against Florida State, and they lost the second one. And they lost the first one against LSU, and they won the second one. So now they're fourteen and two on the season. They have the, the Pac-12 North Invitational this weekend against Cal, Stanford, Washington, Arizona State. So hopefully, uh, Beach Volleyball can can come through. And then lacrosse, our favorite sport, um, they lost <laughs> to, to San Diego State in overtime, but then they beat Oregon, and then uh, they'll play Cal next Friday. So lacrosse still going hard. Uh, women's volleyball actually the season ended. Uh, they ended on a four-game winning streak, and they had an overall record of seven and eight. So, I mean, it's a solid season. It was just just below, uh, five hundred, but still not too bad. Men's volleyball they play a uh, Grand Canyon. So we're recording this on Friday. They play Grand Canyon on on Friday, and then they play on Saturday. So by the time this comes out, um, that those games will probably be over. So hopefully, men's volleyball, they were able to get a win. And then rowing, our favorite, favorite sport. Um, that will be going to the Lake Las Vegas Pac-12 Invitational this weekend to compete for the title. So hopefully, rowing can pull through. And now women's soccer, I just got word. Um, Stanford, they drew. So now their record is 6-3-2, and two, which is very solid and... Yeah, very solid. Um, and that, that's it. That's it in terms of updates. Uh, make sure to follow us on, on social media, Twitter, DT underscore sports. Make sure to follow our content at dailychildren.com slash sports. And make sure to tune in next week. Hopefully we have uh, Lauren Matisse, digital managing editor, to talk about some water polo. If she's listening to this, please join us next week because um, <laughs> we'd love to have you. But uh, yeah, that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.